0: I'm Lauren. And I'm Austin. We are an interracial couple raising a biracial daughter and have regular conversations about the value of our different experiences and how we want to raise our child.
1: We believe that God made people of different ethnicities for His glory alone. But like many other things, sin corrupts. We have made a mockery out of what God meant to be good.
0: And in comes racism a very real problem plaguing our hearts and minds and therefore invading systems of this world.
1: So we decided to hit the record button as we discuss race, division, unity, and how to live a life in opposition to this sin specifically.
0: We hope you'll join us as we dive headfirst into current topics, discuss ways to live a life against racism, and ultimately seek on earth as it is in heaven, a place that will be filled with people from every tribe, tongue, and nation.
1: You're listening to Grace and Race, a podcast about practicing anti-racism and promoting unity in families and communities.
0: Hey everybody. What to do? We're back with another episode, your second one of the week actually. So tomorrow, no, not tomorrow. Let's see, this episode is coming out on Friday, so in two days, we have the Super Bowl, which if you're anything like me, it's like the one day of the year that it's more guaranteed that you're going to watch football or any sport at all, my... Um, my life before this, before this, as in before marriage with Austin, was that no days of my year involved watching any type of sport, and even on Super Bowl Sunday, it was more about the snacks, which it may still be to a certain extent.
1: I respect that. I, I respect that. That's okay.
0: Anyway, so today we are going to be talking about race and sports. And real quick, Austin, before we kind of jump into things, before we get into our normal stuff, for people who might be tempted to uh, click on out of this one because they don't really relate with sports, why is this something important to listen to, even if you're not like an avid sports fanatic?
1: This is important because it shows you how race plays into pop culture, how it plays into economics, how it plays into um sports things that seem like oh that's harmless or um, that's something that's good and uh, wholesome in a lot of ways it is but to be able to see uh, racial disparity to be able to see um, double standards to be able to see stereotyping in sports can actually open your mind to seeing it in other arenas so I would challenge you before you um, leave I would say you know what how about listen to just grow the muscle of seeing um something in society and how uh, racism might have tarnished some of the things that uh really can be beautiful about the game um sometimes it can be hindered by issues of race so hopefully you don't run away um I'll try not to like go over football but, like this won't be like I'm breaking down plays and anything like that so I, I promise you it won't be that in depth but it is important, and I hope that it helps you um, just sharpen that lens as you see uh, racial disparities, racial double standards issues going on in other arenas.
0: That's a great point, and I think it's really helpful because um, the for me, I I really didn't care about pretty much anything in the whole world of sports and I probably sound like a dork saying sports 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 but really we are we're kind of talking (laughs) generally about the um, American industry of sports Um, and just like how how African Americans have been used specifically in that industry and so we really are going to be kind of touching it all but that's a really great point Austin that it kind of opens your eyes and helps you to be able to see how other industries are maybe also using black bodies um, to promote themselves in, in a problematic way potentially and we'll get more into that but there's a there's little preview of it and before we get started we are going to do our roses and thorns of the week so Austin you're gonna go first
1: my um thorn is that it is not currently Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> but my rose is it's almost Super Bowl Sunday, A uh, Chiefs Kingdom, run it back. We will be the first NFL team to three I think that's gonna be a minimal. Three peat.
0: When you say we will be the first NFL team, are you talking about you as a massive Bucks fan?
1: You think you have jokes, but you don't. <laughs> you actually offended me right there, and so no.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, you as a massive Tom Brady fan.
1: Oh wow! So you doubled down. Okay, that's a strategy. That's one way to handle this situation. I would say stop. <laughs> it is the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, boy, Mahomes, all the way. Just enjoy the greatness, y'all. Doesn't come very often. Mm-hmm.
0: So my thorn it's just it's cold right now it's cold outside now that being said we are definitely not experiencing what people are experiencing up in the northeast with all of these major 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 storms um, and snowstorms. but it is pretty cold it's colder than I'm used to and colder than it's been all year and whenever you stay home alone with a toddler every single day getting outside is like really helpful so I am ready for it to warm up my rose is that I might have said that was my rose. that was my thorn. My rose is that we got to have a a little drive through baby shower on Sunday and it was really sweet. just a few people from um our lives came and and we got to we got to kind of see some people all masked up and you know in in the outside on. Uh, Outside? What's the word I'm looking for? Y'all, pregnancy brain is real and it's messing up my words. So that's not great for somebody who hosts a podcast. Anyways, um, it was a really sweet day and we just felt really loved and excited about baby boy coming to visit and slash stay forever in the next month or two. So yeah, it was a good, it was a good time. All right, so jumping right on into the episode. Austin, let's talk a little bit about kind of where racism in sports started. What was some of the like most overt racism that was happening in the sports industry?
1: So as we know, sports are often a microcosm of society, right? And because of our nation's history, um, obviously with slavery, moving to Jim Crow, um, segregation was huge. So the first time you're probably going to hear about race in sports is integration um we have obviously incredible icons people who have took um the the brunt of trying to integrate uh the the big names that we know is like Jackie Robinson right um Wilt Chamberlain um, with Kansas University uh I'm trying to think of some other big uh, pro- high profile uh, even Kel like Gail Sayers uh I remember um he was a big part of that so any um idea or action to integrate that's probably the first time where race played a huge part on the scene before that you know it's really cool minor leagues or not minor leagues, sorry um, the negro leagues were just approved as far as like counting um negro league player stats as far as is how do i say this mlb the mlb um basically is honoring the negro league statistical accomplishments i guess that's what i would say so if there was a player in a black league they're now counting their stats as legitimate in mlb history that's awesome now it's sad because they should have been able to play with them from the start but it's cool that they can look back now and say you know what we're going to honor that um so i'm from kansas city we had the kansas city monarchs oh love it my dad has a lot of monarchs gear and it always makes me happy and it makes my heart swell when he wears his gear because it just feels like history it's like he's walking history you know and you could tell that it gets him excited and uh, it's because it was a safe place for black people to play baseball (laughs) to exercise um some gifts some talents um, to be able to go out and and sharpen a skill set that they've been gifted with and it, w- it was a safe place. It was a place where we wouldn't have to worry um, like a lot of players did when they started integrating. Still had worry, but it just wasn't of the same magnitude. And so that's where I think racism really jumped on the scene as far as uh, sports and
0: race colliding.
1: Did that answer your question?
0: Yeah, I think so. So basically what you're saying is that just like everything else in our society, um, there was some legal separation and that was probably the most overt that racism has been in sports so curious we know that racism still exists in sports so tell me a little bit about that switch from overt to more covert racism um and i know that this is going to be a much longer answer just what are some examples of that how that started and then how we're seeing it even today
1: okay let me let me give you guys something to think about something to consider some of you actually already processed this so I just want to give you application let's start with slavery slavery was not just rooted in hatred of black people that wasn't the only thing at play it was a huge component but the number one component was actually greed, the love of money. It was a way to have free labor. And instead of, I guess, white people just doing the work themselves or um, not even really enslaving um, poor people to the same extent that they did black people. They thought, hey, if we have these black bodies working for us, they're they're good. They can get this stuff done even faster and we can capitalize off of it and we can make even more money so we get to build our country up with a lot of free labor and you can counter oh well austin you know they had to feed them food and give them clothes and house them and i that is a sick rebuttal but it's true it's a sick rebuttal um, it is true but for the amount of money and products they were able to create it would have cost them essentially nothing and so uh, because of that you have this economic base in our country that is incredible and it was just you it's literally blood money it was used on, on the backs of black and brown people so when you realize okay money was really driving that the greed the the lust for money the lust for more that was really driving that you start to look at sports when integration happens Am I saying that every person who wanted to integrate was thinking this way? No, because I don't know everybody's minds. I don't know everybody's hearts. This is what I do know. History repeats itself. And a lot of times it just f- comes in different forms. So similarly, um, when uh, the best way to think of it is this. When people started to integrate black and white, It shifted the idea was okay obviously we can't (laughs) like abuse these players right we can't just force them to play like we could force them to work so what we can do is welcome them on our teams use their body and profit off of what their body can do and guess what we can pay them but the amount that we give them is going to be minuscule to the amount that they're going to make are you seeing are you seeing the pattern so, you had people who really, really wanted money more than they did equality. They wanted oh the black athlete, oh my gosh, he could jump so fast or jump so high, he could run so fast, he could do all these great things that's crazy yeah he he could play with us, so it's not about <laughs> people need to be equal. It's about man, he's gonna blow our league up he's gonna he's gonna make our team really good and and that's not right, that's not right, and so we see that history of um people starting to let black athletes in and it's less about I love my black brother and my black sister it's more of what can you do for me (laughs) oh that's right you can bring a lot of value to my franchise you can bring a lot of value to my school you can bring a lot of value to my sport and so that's a parallel it's kind of tough um you might have to rewind it pause and reflect on it Um, because that's an example from overt racism very very open very easy to spot to covert uh, racism where it's kind of hard because hey they're paying the players and hey they're you know giving them really nice stuff and hey and no one's holding them against their will all of those things are true Um, but with a lot of owners with a lot of people in the leagues uh, officials racism is still a huge issue and i I, what's funny is i don't know if you remember donald sterling he was the owner for the los angeles clippers and remember he got the lifetime ban uh, in the nba and donald sterling if you go back and listen to his videos one he was a jewish man i believe and if you go back and listen to the audio i think his girlfriend was
0: tell the whole story yeah yeah
1: let me yeah you're right so there was an nba owner for the los angeles clippers donald sterling he's dating this um his girlfriend and his girlfriend is notorious for taking pictures with a lot of black athletes and hanging out with a lot of black men that are powerful successful in the world of sports there was one picture with her and like uh, magic johnson at one of the games and so she heard him say a lot of racially charged things. She was like, this is not right. This is wrong. And so she actually turns on the audio recorder and has a conversation with Donald. And so she says, okay, Donald, uh, why do you keep judging me basically for having, you know, my black friends around and people like magic Johnson and, and, He would just say things like, I just wish you wouldn't do that. I wish you wouldn't be around there, hang out with them like that and and she would basically hint, like, Are you being racist? Like, you know, she knows the audio's playing, so it's like, Why are you being racist? And he is like, I'm not racist, trust me. If they're in israel we would treat them like dogs i don't treat them like dogs i give them food i give them clothes they can have nice cars with me and he started talking about all of these material things that he provides for black athletes and he uses that as justification on why he's not racist and that that for a black person who knows their history that is not justification (laughs) because what did i tell you earlier we know slave owners had to provide for the slaves right they had to provide food, clothes, shelter, all of these things so they could get up and work. That does not make it right. And so that ideology, that the idea that, well, if you give someone nice stuff, it's worth it. That's not true. And that doesn't make it right. And so um, that's why when we flash forward today and we hear players say, you know, this feels like slavery. They're not saying literally, y'all. They know they can step away from the game what they're saying is it feels like y'all really trying to take advantage of my body um y'all really want me to um conform to things that i'm not comfortable with uh that might be making some of your racist ancestors proud and and that makes me feel some type of way that's probably what they're referring to they don't actually mean the game of football is like working in the field picking cotton no one actually believes uh, it's that literal. It just points to the spirit of um, being more infatuated with what black bodies can do rather than uh, equality.
0: So one thing that you mentioned and kind of talked about but I want you to expand on a little bit more is the way that people treat the quote-unquote athleticism of the black body. Tell me a little bit about like how that assumption that that black people are more athletic or are built more athletic um, is harmful to both athletes and just, just the average person?
1: Well, it's tough because the idea of, like I said, so you're trying to get free labor. You're making money off of these innocent black and brown people. One thing that you had to do is emphasize and capitalize on their bodies while also limiting their minds. So what do I mean by that? If you know your history, you'll realize a very scary and consistent theme through a lot of plantations. Black people were free to work day up, sun up, sun down. They were not free to read. A lot of them were not free to read, not free uh, free to write, not free to even have conversation and dialogue nothing that can stretch and and strengthen the mind it wasn't about a strong mind it was about a strong body your body has to hold up and i'll give you a task that's simple and you can do that task and then put your body on the line that's what it was about so it's very problematic it's very um toxic when you think of athletes just about their bodies oh that's why when you hear shut up and dribble I forgot who said it. it was I think someone from Fox News they told LeBron shut up and dribble that's going to hit a nerve for black people because a lot of us are thinking oh you want us you want our physical gifts you don't want to know what our minds are thinking you don't care about that you're not interested in that it's in the spirit of um slavery it is which is capitalize the body and try to downplay the mind we see it with black quarterbacks in the NFL that's why whenever there's a black quarterback in the NFL, I'm usually rooting them on because I know they have to break that stereotype, which is yeah, they have the physical tools and they're a great athlete, but they're just mentally they don't have it. They're just they're they're not like Peyton Manning. They're not like Tom Brady. They can't do that, and it's um, very hurtful and very very sad for people to really legitimately think that. That's why I love uh, how Patrick Mahomes is just ripping it to shreds Deshaun watson i mean ripping it to shreds russell wilson ripping it to shreds um a lot of quarterbacks of color and just on top of their game mentally and saying this isn't they're not aberrations y'all this isn't an exception to the rule these quarterbacks exist you have to invest in them don't just invest in their legs invest in their arm invest in their mind um and they can do it and so um that that's something that's very important to understand is the history, how it all comes together, pumping up the mind um, or I guess pumping up the body, but not really wanting to know what's on black people's minds. That's extremely hurtful. And then another part about it too is whenever um, someone is assumed to be an athlete, it's kind of sad because you're putting them in a class. Like for example, you might be thinking oh this person's tall this black person's tall man he's got to play a sport well sports in in general you know whatever race usually gets a rap for being like you know the dumb jocks we've heard that before the dumb jocks whether it's white players black players they don't know what they're doing they're just the dumb jocks and when you think of intellect when you think of intelligence when you think of you know the mind being sharp and and and, and pristine—that is not normally booked with sports, <laughs> right? So when you t- tell somebody once you see them, "Oh, you look like an athlete," there's a small little dig that a lot of Black people feel will feel that and be like, "Ooh, you don't think we could be on the speech team? <laughs> you don't think that we're maybe prominent?" um influences in our local marching band right like things that are not football and basketball related it's like hmm we can do other things too and so that assumption that someone tall and black or big and black should do sports or or is doing sports it it can definitely be hurtful austin here in the wake of george floyd's murder and the immediate outcry in our nation my brother maris and i were moved to put our emotions into word in an audio performance. It's called Black Dialogue, a series of spoken word poems detailing plights of being Black in America. We were so overwhelmed by the response that we decided to break down the performances and podcast episodes that you can find right here on the app you're listening to this podcast on. Just search ALG Cathartic Creatives. That's ALG like Austin Lee Groves and Amaris Lee Anthony Groves see what we did there cathartic creatives if you're enjoying this podcast we're confident you'll appreciate what we did over there at alg as well alg it's activism and art artivism come on over and listen
0: so explain a little bit about like what Okay, I'm gonna ask a question that I think somebody would ask in response to that. What if someone didn't mean that? They just didn't they just didn't they didn't mean to insinuate that, that wasn't their goal. Um, they just assumed it because because they just assumed it. Well how is that still hurtful even if their intention wasn't to be hurtful?
1: That's good. So if your intention isn't hurtful, that's awesome. Thank you. Um, but understand that it doesn't take intent to harm people, um, and to hurt people. So, it's still hurtful because we're thinking in our heads. oh, is that what that person thinks of me? Just the question alone, it's tough. It's a struggle. Oh, that thing. That they think that's the only thing I have to offer right like oh man okay there's pressure on me and, and what is their mindset about black people it just makes your mind just kind of go on this rabbit trail uh, if y'all watch the movie get out it's an incredible film because it gives you a lot of things that a lot of us think about and process in short periods of time you know our we might be talking to you for 30 seconds and we already know if we have a good feeling about you racially like is this person probably accepting or is this person probably someone i should stay away from like we we filter those things so fast we're so fast at it and a lot of it is survival right because you got to understand if you're in the wrong crowd um that can that can do you serious harm and danger so a lot of it's that but it's just fascinating if you did not mean to to be rude and and to make those assumptions i totally understand what i would say is now that you know <laughs> that it's gonna pop up uh please 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 do better and uh don't bring that up you know if someone if a black person around you brings up a sport and they're excited about it and they're passionate about it okay great support them in that oh sweet awesome yeah i i can actually see it yeah man you're right you're tall you could you could do that instead of throwing that on the person um i would say let that person show what they're interested in and i it's so sad i had a student um he was like coach Groves. Um, everybody calls me the athlete at school. Everybody calls me an athlete at school. I want to be a scientist. And the way he said it, man, it just made tears. Like, oh, it was like a movie. It was like a freaking movie. Because he was just like, I want to be the scientist, man. And he's not getting encouraged as a scientist. Nobody's going up to him and saying, you look like a scientist. <laughs> They're looking at me like, you look like a big old offensive lineman, defensive lineman. You look like you might make the league. You look like, and he's like, dude, I actually have a passion for something else. And so it just just makes me sad because that's the messaging and that's the marketing, even though I love sports, right? And um, if you have athletic abilities, you know, I encourage that. But it's just sad that I know that's not for everybody. I mean, it wasn't for me.
0: Talk a little bit about that. Like psychologically, what is that like for kids and for people who are growing up to be assumed that, you know, the highest place that – a that a black person might get to would be in in athletics well
1: it's sad because people who you know support it and pay millions and have season tickets and as soon as they get mad at athletes what do they say you just play a stupid game Mm. you're just a spoiled brat so they pump all their money you know a lot of money into it they support it and then when you make them mad they tell you how your job in your field isn't even worthy of being taken serious so it's really really messed up like when you think about it it's like oh my gosh and it's crazy because we know it's more than a game right like alex Smith's story this dude almost died having no leg surgery i mean that's more than a game sorry uh anybody to know that's Shazir's story from pittsburgh uh, didn't think he would ever walk again sorry that doesn't sound like a fun game um it's a violent game and it's with grown men who Bust their butts and train so incredibly hard that a lot of us would probably die if we did a workout that they did. So, <laughs> so what it's false, I think it's just really ignorant to say it's just a game. Um, maybe in Pop Warner, great, but not at that level, it's more than a game. And then, two, um, it really does diminish like what black people could do in society when you think about it. Um, because it's like, oh, yeah, you can. You can make it to the top, but at the end of the day, it's just a stupid game. Mm. And you can make millions, but you don't even deserve it, really. You get overpaid. I can't tell you how many people say that. They get overpaid. It's like, then stop watching. (laughs) Stop watching it. Stop tweeting about it. Stop texting about it. Stop doing NFL fantasy football. Like, you're giving them more reason to get paid. Like, stop with the double standard. Stop with the double standard. It's just, it's
0: wrong. So let's go back to kind of a conversation that we had toward the beginning of this podcast um, about sitting around tables with people who might be saying some of these things. I think specifically about the conversation surrounding Colin Kaepernick and whenever everything like that happened, Austin, we experienced a time when we were sitting with a group of people who we loved, who was basically saying he need, this isn't time for him to protest, um, and then going so far as to say just some really some really hurtful things about him as a person who who they didn't really know, but specifically about his protest. So we're seeing more and more of that, right? We're seeing. More players take a knee. We're seeing more players stand up for um, things that they believe in, specifically the Black Lives Matter movement. And it's not everywhere yet because not obviously everyone is accepting it or welcoming of that at all. But if our listeners are sitting around a table of people who are frustrated and upset because athletes are using time – that maybe they're on TV or they have a platform while they're playing their sport to protest something. How would how would you encourage our listeners to respond when someone's angry about that?
1: Well, I would encourage the people who are angry around you to say, okay, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. The same oftentimes people who say First Amendment rights and all that good stuff, freedom of speech, Freedom of petition, freedom of the press, you know, freedom of protest, all this stuff. Point them to that and say, listen, from a fundamental American citizen perspective, there's nothing that this athlete is doing wrong. If you disagree, you disagree. But it is not wrong. It would be wrong to stop this. Right. That's what's actually wrong based on our Constitution. Um, If this person lives with the consequences, they can live with the consequences. Um, And a lot of black athletes do. And Colin Kaepernick did. He knew he was putting his uh, job online. He did. And I believe he could have signed with other teams, but he said, hey, I'm going to keep kneeling. I really believe that. I believe other teams would have signed him. Uh, Probably a disrespectful (laughs) I mean because at the end of the day When you take a team to the Super Bowl um, There's no way In heck you can convince me You can't be a backup (laughs) You can't be a second or third string quarterback You led a team to the Super Bowl Sorry Not listening to that argument It's hard to take that in So I would just tell them Think about it from a constitutional standpoint Say think about it as well too Uh, Think about this This is their platform and this is how to reach the most amount of people. Don't take it personally. It's how to reach the most amount of people. And so it's important, it's important to use your voice when you know you're going to have people's attention. It, if Colin Kaepernick wanted to see change and he didn't kneel during the game, or it's not even during the game, that's another thing. It's pre game, like it's pre if he didn't kneel oh my goodness he'd be missing a huge opportunity because that's when everything's ready that's when it's about to everything's about to kick off it's powerful it's powerful so i would say that and then also just show people like accurate information there's a really powerful video you can youtube nate boyer and colin kaepernick meet and it's so helpful it shows the history behind Um, The kneeling, it actually started with Colin Kaepernick sitting down on the bench. And Nate Boyer, Green Beret, was just very hurt by that and felt just attacked. Like, why are you sitting down, you know, during the anthem when i Busted my button and, and, you know, sacrificed my life for your freedoms. Like, can you show me more respect? And so it was crazy. Colin Kaepernick reached out to him and actually invited him over. It was like, I want you to know your service means so much to me. You know, I have family members serving. And Nate Boyer was like, wow, I wasn't expecting that response. And so they talked and they dialogued. And uh, Nate was like, dang, I realized. I wasn't giving him a fair shot. I wasn't listening to why he was doing this. And Nate quickly found out in conversation, it wasn't about anti-military. It was not about anti-police. It was not an- it was against police brutality. So, police officers, if you're doing the right thing, then no harm, no foul. Nothing to worry about here. But if you're hurting and harming black and brown people, if you're aiding and abetting the harming of black and brown people, then, yeah, you're getting called out and we needed to stop that's what it was and that should be something that everybody wants to stop right so just uh just really encourage like accurate information um because when people know that story it really changes the whole tone it changes the whole dynamic people are like oh i thought he hated america it's like no i mean one way to love america is to hold america accountable if you love your country you want it to be as at his best right so if he didn't care that would probably show that he didn't love America if he just didn't care at all
0: so what do we do you you just talked a lot about how the sports industry takes advantage of a lot of people so do we boycott? Do we stop watching things? Do we, how do we respond and how do we pursue anti-racism in, in this specific genre?
1: I would say really, really um, make sure that you're being supportive and listening to athletes when they want to talk. Uh, every athlete isn't a spokesperson like some people are just genuinely uncomfortable with doing that so don't force it out of athletes but when athletes speak up about racial inequity or um, racial stereotyping and you know double standards that may apply in their league or in their sport in general listen to it don't don't just ignore it um if you don't see it it's probably because you're not going through it and that's okay if you don't see it it's um, a part of trusting your your brother and your sister and walking with your brother and your sister so i would just encourage you make sure you listen i would say to look for the similarities what were things that you could see in a, a a slavery model that our country had and what are some repercussions of that i mean i'll tell you what i believe it was um the houston texans owner when everything was kind of popping off about kneeling and something, he had a meeting, and they said he was on record, I guess, or he didn't know he was on record, but he said something like, hey, uh, we can't budge, talking about basically the black athletes wanting to protest, and he said, we can't let the inmates overthrow the prison. That's what he said. We can't let the inmates overthrow the prison. That was his choice words. Now, he might be thinking of some southern – um, statement and phrase and hey Austin I've heard that for white people this is where the ignorance kicks in after slavery what was what was next imprisonment the 13th amendment went straight to throwing black people in jail for petty crimes and then you can use them for labor that was that's the history of our country so um, a white warden with a whole bunch of black bodies getting work done that is that is terrible and and there's an actual history that that has that and so uh, whenever you hear things and see things that point back to just an intense history uh make sure you you you're responding to it um and i would say this too be nuanced i don't think uh boycotting the nfl and causing a lot of black families to lose generational wealth is a good way to <laughs> to uh, To buck the system <laughs> like a lot of these players are able to take care of their families now uh, for generations and and what's crazy is generations from now we're going to see that in our communities it's going to spread and it's going to be beautiful so messing up their opportunity to get that I don't think that's the case I think what we do is call leadership to be better, to be stronger to be wiser, to be more sensitive Um, I'll say this Roger Goodell, the NFL commissioner. Uh, if you see, what is it? Conversations with a black man with Acho. Yeah, I think Acho does one um, with Roger Goodell, and it it's so powerful because I'm pretty sure Roger Goodell's just like, man, I wish, I wish I wouldn't have cracked down on the kneeling, or I wouldn't have had a, uh, I, I wish I would have had a better understanding of the kneeling early on. He's like, I think we missed that. We totally missed an opportunity. And I'm like, dang, that's that's powerful to me to be able to admit that. And hopefully next time it comes around and you hear black and brown people, oh, this this is hurtful and this isn't right and this is wrong. You'll be able to hear that and say, you know what, let's figure out what it is and we can correct it together. Um, Did that answer your question?
0: Yeah, 100 percent. I think that you definitely hit on. Everything that that needed to be hit on, especially for those of us who might not be as invested in the world of sports, but who are also hearing and having conversations surrounding some of these things. I can't tell you how many times I've heard someone say something racist about an athlete, but I felt unequipped to be part of that conversation because I don't really understand the world of sports And I think one thing that we really hope that everyone leaves this conversation with is the some some fundamental things that, you know, we can enter and we can have conversations about racism, regardless of where it happens, Um, even if it happens in this world, in this industry that we don't know a whole lot about. Um, And then I hope for those of you who do know a whole lot about sports, that maybe you're able to connect some dots and um, see some things that, that you haven't been able to see. And then Austin, I just want to open the mic up to you. Is there anything else that you wanted to say or, or teach us about?
1: Yeah. So we talked about like professional, but I wanted to show you how it trickles in with like high school and college. So we know the slavery model was pro black body, anti-black mind right that's what we discussed earlier we, we love the black body we just don't want the black mind or we don't care we're indifferent that is happening on the high school and collegiate level and it's very sad and what that typically looks like is uh, sports teams going to um neighborhoods where um it's very high poverty crime um basically hoods and ghettos Finding black boys, black girls who basically, you know, their life is dependent upon the said sport because that's probably the only way they can get out of that environment. And so, you know, they're going to be attached. You know, they're going to have quote unquote good work ethic. And you pull them into your school and you use their body and you do nothing for their mind. You allow them to fail multiple classes. You allow them to have a terrible GPA. You allow them to have a tutor who's actually doing their homework work for them and then they're not learning anything as long as they can play on friday night as long as they can play on saturday are you with me that is wrong and that per, that that's a perfect system where it's not written as racist but it is because you're hurting this community this community you need to equip people so that if they go back to it if their knee blows out they don't go back into this poverty uh stricken place and they don't go to this place where um Crime is very likely and without a plan, without education, without the understanding of how to uh, to, to better themselves and how to uh, uh, to live a life outside of athletics, you have to help equip them. Help them. Don't just discard them once they're finished. And I see that on the high school and collegiate, collegiate level all the time. I think it was UNC a couple years ago. they had these courses that weren't really courses. You basically have one homework assignment all semester and it's just write a paper on why you think you should get a A or something, something's absurd. And I'm like, that's so racist because y'all are going straight to the black people. Straight there. And again, let me see what your body can do for me. Make my millions, make my money, make my money. Uh, your mind, man, eh, I'm not going to hold you accountable to that. And then use excuse. They don't want it. They don't want to work. They don't want to go to class. They don't want to do this stuff. You have to be a good leader. You have to guide. You have to teach. You have to instruct. And so I'm just telling you right now that that is on the high school and collegiate level like crazy, um, and it makes me so 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 sad uh, because you're affirming really the best thing you could be as an athlete, man. So let's just try to make this dream work. If it doesn't work, I'll move to the next person. That's literally. It's just cold. It's a cold business. Okay, that's that's pretty much it. (laughs) I'm so tired. I'm sorry, y'all. Y'all probably heard that. (laughs) I was just so sleepy. Um, but thank y'all for listening. I hope this makes sense. I hope it's coherent. I feel like Lauren would have cut me off if it wasn't coherent. Uh, (laughs) But I am definitely tired, and I'm hoping next episode I get a little bit more energy for y'all.
0: Okay, I'm sorry. I have one last question, Austin. Oh, Father, help me. Predictions for the game on Sunday.
1: Okay, that gave me a little energy, though. <laughs> <listen. laughs> I think it's the heavier content. It just it weighs on you. But, okay, prediction. You've heard it first. 41-23 <laughs> Chiefs. It's it's going to be probably 10-10, end of the first, uh, start of the second, and then the Chiefs are just going to pull away, and it's not going to feel pretty close. And we're going to run it back and then start our 3 feet I can't wait. Start our 3 beat journey.
0: And then what do you think the conversation about Mahomes versus uh, Brady will be at the end of the game? The
1: conversation will be, oh, my goodness, Mahomes will catch him. Mahomes <laughs> will become the GOAT. That's what the conversation will be. Mahomes will become the GOAT. It's going to say tip your hat to Brady. He's the GOAT now. But Mahomes is on his way. That's going to be the narrative when it's over.
0: You heard it here first, folks. Well, we are so thankful that you stuck with us again through another episode. As always, please feel free to send us any questions. I didn't mention this at the beginning. We had a friend actually reach out to us a few weeks ago and suggest this topic. Uh, So Eli, if you're listening, thank you for this suggestion. I think this was a great idea and we really appreciate it. So if you have any ideas for topics that you want us to talk about, please let us know and we might just do an episode and we might just shout you out as well. So yeah, we really appreciate you guys. Thanks for coming back week after week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your sweet feedback. Would love, love, love it if you would subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now. And as always, leave us a rating and review so that other people can find us as well. We appreciate you guys, and we will chat with you again next week.
1: Goodbye.
0: (laughs) What was that? I try to change it up
1: because I usually say.
0: Thanks so much for listening to Grace and Race. We hope you enjoyed our conversation and also took away some points so that you too can better commit to practicing anti-racism in your own family and community.
1: If you want to stay updated on episodes and join further conversations, head to laurengroves.me backslash join our list. That's laurengroves.me backslash join our list to join our email list.
0: You can also follow us on Instagram at Lauren two underscores Groves or Groves8070 to stay updated with our family and join conversations on our public platforms.
1: Thanks for listening. We'll chat with you again soon.